Hey, this is Lucky from a grim podcast, A Perilous Adventure. The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. For more podcasts like this, please visit professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. And we are going to be what some people might describe as live. Guess what? It's Thursday night. It is the the night of the first day of Mini Stravaganza. Day one is still going on. The MCP uh, Roadshow Roadmap just ended a few hours ago, and I've been typing furiously over at ProfessionalCasual.com to get a blog up for it to go over the wide, 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 wide dearth of information that is uh, that has been portrayed by Atomic Mass Games uh, for Marvel Crisis Protocol over the next six to eight months. Um, I am joined this evening by, uh, when we're talking about a dearth, you have to think Dr. D. Dr. Dearth himself is here to uh, talk about all of the amazing information that came out today, what he's excited for, what he hates, also the other things that he's not a fan of, uh, we'll be going over <laughs> as well. Uh, Dr. D, welcome. It's been a hot minute since we've had you here. Uh, it's been pretty great. Let me, let me tell you, know, it's awesome to be back. I can't believe you invited me to come on and talk about Ensong, the newest Infinity expansion book. That's <laughs> um, incredible. Uh, you lured me in with the siren song of being able to talk about this. I'm just, I'm ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in addition to that, thank you for bringing it up. The, this podcast is sponsored by Frontline Gaming, uh, what some people might call the champions of tabletop. If you're looking to pick up tickets for an event, like the SoCal Open, which will be in October or LVO next year in January. If you use our link, which is in the comments, or if you're listening to the podcast version, will be in the show notes. Uh, that helps support the network directly without costing you a, a gosh dang thing extra. So we really appreciate your support there. And that helps us provide coverage from those events as well. Um, that said, tonight we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. We're going to probably potentially ask Dr. D what he's been hobbying recently. Uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of reveals from AMG today, including a bunch of things that were revealed initially at Adepticon this past March that now have full cards for it, including a whole bunch of mutants and maybe a King of Shadows in addition to a King of Wakanda and perhaps a usurper to that kingdom ship in Wakanda. We're going to be going over some of the new terrain, a new game mode called Mojo Ball, which we don't have a whole ton of information on yet, but I am so insanely excited for it. And we have a direct quote from the stream today over at Atomic Mass on Twitch um, from Will Pagani that, that really kind of detailed what we can really expect from Mojo Ball. In addition, uh, I think there's like literally just metric tons of stuff, new terrain, new characters, new cards, a couple new affiliation leaders, uh, one shots, which is a new way to play the game, uh, in addition to Mojo Ball, as well as some tactics cards, which were revealed as well. And a whole bunch of new characters. Some might say, let's see, six, seven new character reveals in addition to all that. Now, 
Dr. D, uh, you know, I, I know you've uh, fast forwarded through the show once or twice before. We always started out with games played and hobby thoughts. Uh, have you played any games recently? And have you had any um, ha- hobby hobbying things that you've hobbied recently? So to be quite honest, these past couple, I feel like two months have been just like a lightning round of having to move. Uh, mm. I got I got in a couple games of Shatterpoint. Oh, nice. Uh, I think. I think it's fun. I think it's a solid game. Um, I haven't been able to play anything other than clones. Okay. So I haven't I haven't played anybody who doesn't pay for their own parking tickets. The dark side. <laughs> the dark side, of course. So um, that, I was doing that. Uh, I've been painting all of the Shatterpoint stuff. Not for me, though. It's for another host of another podcast who legally, I'm not even sure I can bring up in this podcast. Joe that. Gennaro of the comic book rundown. Yeah. He's a huge fan of tiny plastic little men for sure. He really is. Uh, so I'm painting all that stuff. So I've painted quite a bit of the Shatterpoint range at this point. And nice. you know, opportunistically, I paint a little bit of uh, Infinity stuff and been working on that podcast. Good old Arachne. We got a shirt now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been popping up in the wild. Mine hasn't shown up yet, which is absolutely ridiculous. And that is a little ridiculous. Hey, it is. It's It's absolutely crazy. Like, I told that guy to just send me the thing, but he wanted to walk it over because he said that he wanted to get his green card. I'm like, guy, listen, you just use the U.S. postal system. Yeah. They'll just give you, they'll give you a green card. I promise. I think that's how it works. For those of you that didn't know, uh, Dr. D hosts the Arachne podcast. It's an infinity podcast based off the infinity miniatures game that comes out every other Monday here on the network. You can follow that where any good podcast is sold. Arachne. A-R-A-C-H-N-E, right? Yep. This the uh, I've according to Greek mythology, Arachne <laughs> is a giant spider goddess that is responsible for weaving. Nice. So, and right now, perfect time to be interested in Infinity. We just switched ITS, which is kind of like the seasonal system that they use. Yeah. And they just redid all the scenarios and stuff, and I'm super stoked. That'll be our next episode, actually. Ryder McGatter. So make sure to tune in for that. Follow it if you haven't already and give it a rating over on the Spotify's. But in addition, why don't you give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to this on. Uh, it actually really helps us out quite a bit, and we really appreciate it. Uh, you can also tell me uh, what I got wrong, because uh, I get a lot of things wrong in those reviews. Great time to do it, because you know I will read it. But, Tim, you got to make that sound ready. Uh, listen, we're on it, Alyssa. We're, we're ahead of the game here. Um But as far as games played uh, for myself this week, I did get to play a game with some of the new models for Shatterpoint against Taylor on Tuesday on Oh Yeah! The Power Phase. That's every Tuesday at 8 p.m. We play either some Marvel Crisis Protocol or some Star Wars Shatterpoint. So this past week, I got to try out Cad Bane and the Bounty Hunters, uh, which were super rad. I ran them with... Who did I run them with? It was... Joe Gennaro. It was not Joe Gennaro or Ron Haynes, but Taylor got to play um, the Handmaidens, who are surprisingly deadly. Like, very much so. Like, they just, they climb up walls and all of a sudden have sharpshooter and they're just taking out my dudes left and right. He played the Handmaidens. Well, listen. Yeah. Don't threaten a lady who's in her party dress going, trying to go out on the town, man. They just ask you for trouble when you do that. That's actually very fair. So in that game, we got to go, I believe, all three missions. It was like it ended up being a three hour game on stream, which is super dope. It's over on the YouTube now if you want to check that out. But uh, yeah, I ran Cad, uh, Cad Bane, uh, Aura and the Bounty Hunters with Grievous, Django and the Magna Guard. Um, 
Django continuing to be one of my favorite characters in that game. I will put him into any squad I can just to make sure he's there. That not so fast. It's just so good. And mixing that with Cad Bane's like, I think you better mosey on down the road or whatever it is, uh, was also very good. I kept calling it, go on, get. And uh, so I, I don't think I'll ever remember the actual name of that ability. But uh, Taylor played, yeah, Queen Padme, uh, the Royal Guard, and the Naboo Handmaidens with Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Rex, and his support choice was the Republic Clone Commandos, who... I wounded a lot of characters on uh, on his strike team or strike force. Uh, those commandos were actually very difficult to bring down. Brought down Kenobi, I think, twice. But uh, those commandos, not uh, not into it. Not into taking damage, I guess. Yeah, stalwart and protection uh, happen to be pretty good. Yep, yep, very much so. And they're a little deceiving, too, with uh, only the six health, I believe. But um, listen, they'll they'll get it done. And then they surprisingly, they just start popping off with damage, especially with that um, coordinated fire there, too. Um, mixing with Padme's that just does two additional damage, which is just gross from a Gosers. But but that's what I uh, played this week. Next week, uh, I don't know if we're going to be playing Shatterpoint again or if we're going to be playing um, MCP. Either way, I'm super excited to do it. And I might be doing a teaching game about... Um, Shatterpoint, depending on if uh, certain things come in or whatnot. But are you going to play MCP with your mom? Uh, you know, I've already taught her Shatterpoint. So at some point, I'm probably going to have to teach her MCP. Every week she asks, do you need me this week? And I'm like, listen, how would you get this number? <laughs> like, I'm at work. <laughs> like, this is not OK. But uh, yeah, at some point, I will probably teach my mom how to play Marvel Crisis Protocol as well. Um. So let's just kind of jump right into a lot of this stuff that happened today on the MCP, on the Marvel Crisis Protocol roadmap. So um, during the stream today, they kind of detailed out like they're going to have kind of two big announcements uh, during the year. Uh, announcement one is going to be in spring at Adepticon, and that'll detail kind of the summer and early fall releases. And then in fall, they'll have mini extravaganza to go over any releases, news, and updates that will be coming out for the next six months. So those are kind of going to be the two big points. Every six months, March and September, Adepticon and Mini Stravaganza, which is actually just very cool. That um, Actually, one of my favorite conventions, um, if not my favorite, uh, Adepticon being kind of a, a very important podium for AMG as far as where their news is going to come out of. Because out of all the cons that we go to, Adepticon is certainly the one that we're going to be hitting up every year. But because they, they didn't announce anything at Gen Con, right? This was this was kind of a Gen Con-ish time release thing. Yeah, so kind of. So the thing that they did announce uh the core box, um, the Earth's Mightiest at Gen Con or, right. or the day leading up to it. And then they had it there for demos. Though I, I do That's think right. that it would have been difficult to run demos having not announced it beforehand. So that was that was, you know, good on them. Good on them. Surprisingly, very little to do with the core box um, on the stream today and the roadmap. So, I mean, that core box comes out next month. We're doing a giveaway for it as well. If you are here on the Twitch, you can type in exclamation giveaway to get the link for that. But you can also go to professionalcasual.com slash Earth's Mightiest if you want to um, sign up for that. You can enter every day. It doesn't cost you a dang old thing. And you can enter a whole bunch of different ways. But, but yeah, very little about Earth's Mightiest. But we did get, they started it off with 
a bunch of information about the Battle for the Throne Rivals pack. This is the Killmonger and Black Panther um, Rivals pack that it has that incredible waterfall display, um, as well as two new sculpts for both T'Challa and um, Killmonger, running very different kind of timelines, um, in addition to having kind of a number of new tactics cards, which... They were actually very specific in kind of how um, these tactics cards play into the narrative. So you have Killmonger, you have Black Panther fighting for the throne of Wakanda. And based on how your own personal narrative or the story that you're telling while playing the game, you have tactics cards that are going to kind of represent who you wanted to win or who won in your story. So the four tactics cards are Trial by Combat, uh, Kaluna's Glory, Bass Blessing, and the Synthetic Heart-Shaped Herbs. Um, both of these characters are also going to have new affiliation uh, leader abilities. They're both affiliation leaders for Wakanda. They talked very briefly about how Killmonger might have been a criminal syndicate leader at, at one point when they were first developing him. But through that development, they're like, well, they're fighting for the throne. It's not the throne for, you know, the Mets. It's the throne for <laughs> Wakanda. <laughs> I know it's all about the Mets. It's all about the Mets. <laughs> It's not about the money, Spider-Man. It's about the myths. But these sculpts look absolutely incredible. The waterfall effects and the basing, um, both of the characters uh, having like splashes coming off while they're fighting on that Warrior's Fall uh, kind of dealio there. Also, X-Pax says, thank you so much for the gift sub. I really appreciate that. But yeah, so we can jump right into these cards. Uh, let's, let's start with, uh, do you have one that you are more excited about than the other, Dr. D? I think between the two, I probably am more excited about King Tachunka. I think that's uh, perfect because I am a huge Killmonger stand. So I would love to go over Killmonger's card, Killmonger's card if you want to go over King T'Challa's. All right. So obviously uh, in the chat, uh, vote if you're uh, King T'Chunka or King uh, Doofus, uh, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, to kind of go over it real fast. Uh, King T'Challa, he is now a five threat as yeah. his... As as opposed to his other version, which is a four, uh, arguably one of the best fours in the game, too. So he has like a pretty big mantle to pick up <laughs> off of. Um, so, yeah, this one, he is a five threat. His defenses are four across the board. Fours across he, the board. Which is great. Yeah. Which is definitely something you want to see. Uh, there's not a whole lot of characters that have four across the board. Hela, Malekith. Angela. Are Angela. Yep. Angela has all of them. And they're all space gods. And King Tachunka is actually from the planet Earth. He's not actually from space, unless you watch What If. And, <laughs> yeah, and then he's pretty, still from Earth. But that's true. He's a space pirate but, uh, for a little bit. He's, he's the best space pirate that's ever lived. So seven health, uh, and he's size two, and he has long movement. So that doesn't change as the card flips, so that makes that easy. Uh, nothing on this card changes with the card flip either, so just keep but that in mind. still long mover, too, with those defenses leaves him pretty solid in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Now, I think when I first read the card, just to kind of give a first impression, I thought after reading it for the first time, I was like, I, I can't see myself wanting to bring him over the four threat one, but then I, I kind of let it settle in the back of my brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's actually worth five. I really do. I do too. And I actually think the, the basic strike is actually one of the things that really does it for him. So, Hey, we should probably talk about it. So, it's called the Vibranium Spear. It's a spear made of vibranium. Mm -hmm. So after this attack, or well, actually, first, it's a range three attack. It's six dice, which is, man, you love seeing that. Right. And Especially energy. Especially 
and energy, especially on an attack that isn't like a gainer, but it's actually you just get power equal to damage. That's that's the good stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cool thing about this attack is if the target character that you're trying to bonk is within range two of Black Panther, you get to reroll two of the attack dice. Now, to add in, if they're not within range two, after the attack is over, you get to move them. You get to push them small, or I'm sorry, short towards you if they're size three or less. That right there, that second half of that is potentially bonkers yes. with how good it is. Well, not only that, it's, and I, I feel like this is a character that speaks to you directly. Finally, you can have the Magneto Builder experience, but not on a Brotherhood character. So just sure. thinking about like the, the Magneto's Builder, it's range three. It has a strength six. Granted, it's physical. If the target is close to you, you get all rerolls. He only gets two, which is fine because he's only going to miss two anyway because he's a king. Maybe you've heard of him. And then if they are outside of that two, you can push him just like you can with Magneto, except Black Panther wants friends. He doesn't push people away like Magneto does. He's got a much more like accepting personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so a lot my, easier to meet the Panther's Fury if you've pulled your opponent significantly closer to you. And that leads right into the, the next, like, I think the major factor of this is that when you think of like what Thanos does, one of the best parts about Thanos is that it's all about the displacement. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a push that isn't away, it enables almost your entire team from a very early turn. Because now things that might have been out of range, like your range twos and range threes, can now easily be within range if Tachunka went up and just yeeted him behind him. Well, suffice to say, he may not be able to get him behind him at range three. It's I, You'd have to actually measure it out. I don't think he'd get it behind him, but which st- is probably why they did it at range three. But still, long mover, being able to turn one, move up, range three, energy attacks on one, and pull them to the midline, potentially into heavy danger, is a very, very powerful builder. And you're getting power now, the whole time, too. Right. And so I think the real secret tech on we're not even talking about the rest of the card yet. Right. So I think the real secret tech on King Tachunka is going to be that you do vibranium spear, you move them. You can bound immediately move further away and then you can vibranium spear them again. Mm -hmm. You're going to just put them in a place that they just don't they do not want to be. And then if you also consider with the leadership, which we'll get to in a second, it's potential for even to confirm like damage with it and all that. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. But anyway, yeah, enough gushing about that. So the he has a spender like most characters do. Uh, he's a king. He deserves it. You probably heard of him. So it's called the <laughs> Panther's Fury. <laughs> this one's only range two. It's eight dice. It costs four power. Pretty expensive. Uh, I got the wild throw. So if it's size three or less, you can yeet a medium. Medium. Into, yeah, size three, three characters. Medium. Pretty good. And most size three characters are going to be on the chunk basis, right? So that's a pretty mm-hmm. good throw. And then after you're done, you get a confirmed advanced movement. Or I'm sorry, I've confirmed medium advance. I see I've been out of practice for a little while. Don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that is great. You see that on usually like on Web Warrior strikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, on their spenders and stuff. That's really good. I Again, based on what I was saying before, I'd actually... Wouldn't be surprised if this attack doesn't come up a whole lot unless you really just need to get rid of something. Right. It's great. I really think it's I think it's a solid builder, but or a uh, spender, but I think the builder is just way too good. 
Or it's well, not too good. It's, it's just a really good builder. Well, and it gets better too, right? So with his bound, just to skip ahead a little bit past his leadership to his first superpower, bound places character within range two. So it's a range two place already. It's already good. Yep. Uh, and then yep. the next vibranium spear attack, it makes this activation adds two dice to the attack roll. You can only use this once per turn, but it's three power for that. So it's three power for a range two place and a two dice steroid on a builder that is already range three. So you're now rolling eight dice on an energy attack where you could potentially either be getting rerolls or a push slash pull, which is just stellar. I yeah. really likened this to like Friday AI. Once they kind of change the price on that around every turn, you're repulsor blasting with Friday AI and getting all of what you've spent on that back. I think the key with him is you just always want to make sure you have power for bound. Mm -hmm. Always yep. be sitting in at least like three power in the tank, which is why I don't think you'll do the spender all that much, which is it's like, that's just pretty much like common practice. MCP really is you just always want to make sure you have the power for your powers as opposed to doing spenders all the time. Well, but and the, the anyway, throw is really attractive, though. That could be a little bit is. of a trap for sure. Well, if it's your second I think attack, I, you know, you might as well send her out. But and again, but a lot of it comes down to board state, right? Mm -hmm. You know, who knows if you just want to cause pain and misery, uh, you can start a uh, professional casual network. All right. So they have an amazing thing where they also added in that he has a leadership. So once per turn, when an allied character pushes an enemy character, if that character contacts a terrain feature during the push, it suffers a single damage. So you turn your pushes into kind of like a pseudo throw, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. I think that's a very good, very, 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 very good leadership because you're probably going to have Shuri. And Shuri essentially pushes who she wants, when she wants. Double so she's gonna be damage on her on her gainer. Right. Minimum one damage, and then you push it into something and do another automatic damage. So you figure pretty solid, a good chance that you'll do four damage with Shuri. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think it's a great leadership for Wakanda. And especially since almost, I think almost all the Wakanda members have, other than Storm anyway, who's not really a part of Wakanda, uh, all of them have some kind of push. Yeah. At least mo most of the time on their builders. So that's great. That's just a fantastic leadership. It's so simple and just super effective. Well, it really is, model. too. And it's, it's something I never thought about before. We've spent over 100 episodes trying to come up with new leadership abilities and affiliation abilities for things. And this is certainly something I've never thought of. Breaks the conventional rules is very simple, easy to understand and incredibly impactful. I think that's so well done. Um, and the naming convention of it, too, really selling the narrative, especially as we get into Killmonger with Strength of the Ancestors. You know, he's listen, this is... He, on the stream, they said this is a more aggressive protector King T'Challa. This isn't Black Panther running around while his dad's still there. This is the king. He's going to lay people out if they come near his stuff at all. And that means breaking literally the foundation of the game by doing damage on pushes, something that new players have to struggle with on a regular basis. So now when demoing this game for people, you can be like, well, yeah, push it. It's just throws that do damage, not pushes, unless... You're running Wakanda Strength of the Ancestors, and then, yeah, pushes also do damage. But only if it's a terrain feature, not a person. So you can't Vibranium Spear somebody into yourself to do damage to them, because you are not a terrain feature. Correct. So just remember that it does not apply to hitting other models. That's kind of the thing. And so I did specifically, I wrote down notes for these characters. Nice. The one thing I did note is that this is going to be one of those leaderships where you're going to walk up to the table, and you're going to be able to like assess if it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. 
based on the amount of terrain that's on the table. So if like you're going up against Magneto Brotherhood and you're pretty sure it may not be worth taking it because there's not going to be terrain on the table after turn that's one. That's actually right? a great point, especially with so many leaders in Wakanda now. If you're bringing a rather heavy Wakanda yeah. roster, like you're going to have other options there for sure. And so especially when you consider like certain metas like the new england i I always joke around with them but brian his event tables are usually kind of more thin on the terrain side because he's and and to his to his credit he does it because he's worried about brotherhood gaining maybe too much of an advantage so i don't necessarily blame him but this could be a very like oh yeah in my meta the chunk is unstoppable but then like when you go to a different meta it could be completely different yep just based on boards. Well, the good news is it, it makes uh, scatter terrain really good, right? Like garbage cans are now just as lethal as anything else when you're running uh, strength of the ancestors. His pushes do not break terrain. Correct. Which is very important. To Correct. Know. Anyway, but we should finish up. So yeah, we read off bound. So he essentially has a sort of pseudo web warrior web swing. Uh, it's only range two and it only ended applies to the spear attack, but which is a great power, obviously. Three powers, definitely worth that. Yeah. Uh, next, he has Royal Rebuke. After an attack targeting this character is resolved, if the attacking character is within range three of this character, this character may use this superpower. You get to roll four dice, and for every crit in wild, you get to do a damage to the model that attacked you. This is essentially counterattack on Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And it's, obvi- it's fantastic on her. Very it's going to be great on him. It's cheap. Two power. Yeah, I could see you using this all the time. You know, like I said, maybe after you take some damage, you gain, you know, you sit in a three, you take two damage, you go up to five power, boom, use this. Definitely, definitely could see you using it. Yeah, 100%. Well, and uh, that innate there at the end, too, is the way he's going to fuel a lot of these powers is the defender of Wakanda. And whenever he takes a damage, he just gains no. an additional power. And this is not if he's not dazed. This is not, there's some caveats to some of the other ones, like on Sin, right? Where when the character takes damage, if they're not dazed, they gain an extra power. He just gains it anyway. You do damage to this guy, listen, he's he's going to get beefed up from it. And that's going to mean he's bounding. He's going to mean he's going to be counterattacking. Anytime you try to throw something into him, he might actually get some Panther's Furies off and throw your big boys around. Am I about to knock you into the Shadow Realm? Because it's if it's when somebody attacks other characters. When another allied character is dealt damage by an enemy effect. Yes. So what I meant to say was he's from another dimension. Not all that. He's from another dimension. <laughs> and uh, uh, very similar to uh, Dr. Dormammu. There's no, it's it's just one word, Dormammu. Dr. Not, Dormammu. Not Dr. Dormammu, which I want to keep calling him, or Dark Dormammu, or Dimension Dormammu. Just regular old Dormammu. Uh, when his friends take damage, he gains power. So, yeah, I completely misread that. But uh, throughput here is stellar. Long mover with a place, with a steroid, with great attacks on both the builder and the spender. Uh, A decent amount of utility. He's rather straightforward. He's about pucking stuff, hurting people, and not really caring much about uh, damage happening to himself. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's a fantastic character. I I don't really find myself enjoying the Wakanda play style. So I'll probably never use them personally, but I can definitely see uh, people using them. I don't know. Do you think he's splashable? I guess that's kind of the question. Well, so yeah, so obviously like out of the gate, the the things that you think of that everyone thinks of that we almost just pass over at this point is yeah. Steve's Avengers. He's great. Uh, Yeah. A a one power uh, counterattack and a two uh, power place and steroid is, is very good. 
Um, he's with Avengers, so he can benefit from all of their um, thing. And maybe he won't be. Maybe King T'Challa yeah, won't be part right. of the Avengers list. So that's the thing is we do not know any of the characters that we're going to reveal today um, or that AMG revealed uh, where they fall as far as affiliation. So King T'Challa very might much night might not be part of uh, the Avengers. But if he is, I think that's a great spot for him. Um, anything. Do you think he'll be in Wakanda? I, you know, I have a feeling that we can actually go ahead and confirm that one right now. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and give a clap for that. That is official. Yeah. Uh, um, King T'Challa, part of Wakanda. But okay, it's on. It's on the paper now. But yeah, outside of that, uh, because he has so much displacement, I kind of like him in Criminal Syndicate a little bit. Um, him counting as two. Usually when you're up against crime syndicate, you're going to try to want to flip him to their injured side. So he's going to be getting that defender of Wakanda on a pretty regular basis. And then if you do get him on a point, he has the reach to pull people off, push people off, throw people off and um, just really kind of bully around um, those objectives. I mean, I could see the argument, but he's but at five threat. Yeah, he's got to like he's a commitment for it. He's a commitment for it. He's he got You got to commit to the bit. Uh, how about you? Any any places you see him? Not really. No, that's the thing. Not really. I can see him like if you want to use him and he's your favorite character and you're playing in the garage and, you know, the, you know, all the people, you know, all the people you kidnapped, they're tied to the radiator, you know, like cheering you guys on. You're like, yeah, King T'Chunka is my favorite. I like her. He's so much fun. Yeah, I can see you bringing him if you really like the character. I just don't think he. I think he's he just so good. Well, in Wakanda. in Wakanda. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah I agree. That's it. Um, so moving over to his uh, counterpart uh, as part of the rivals panel is Killmonger Usurper. Now, this Killmonger is the same four threat as the OG Killmonger, but that OG Killmonger is still readily used. It's still a terror to some of the larger health bag style characters like um, Malekith or, or Hulk, um, Dormammu to a lesser extent. Holy cow, Buffalo Spinshot Dad Paxis with... 800 bits thank you sir for the donation that is absolutely incredible wow um, i know he did it i know he did that a specific amount because he knows i can't count that high <laughs> ban him <laughs> but, but really appreciate that guys we we um it, all every every gift sub at sub bit donation um goes a long way so we really appreciate that um all right so killmonger usurper uh, the kind of the story that's being told here is King T'Challa is having to defend his mantle, his crown and his, uh, his empire from Killmonger, who has decided, you know what, maybe I'm not a merc no more. Maybe, maybe I'm going to get more politically active. Um, and I think the affiliation ability name, uh, really kind of breathes that story to life. Uh, Killmonger's affiliation ability is called Strength of the New Generation, bringing in a new viewpoint to make sure that Wakanda is, you know, once again, sharing their uh, sharing their their technology with the world, making the world better instead of just themselves. Literally limitless resources with the rest <laughs> of the planet. Correct. Right. Uh, so out of the gate, we have 434 for defenses. That is one more mystic defense than his OG counterpart. Six stamina on his healthy and injured side, which gives him one more stamina on his injured side comparatively to the other. Still um, four threat, medium mover, and size two. We also see a familiar face with the vibranium weapons, an energy-based range two strength five builder with pierce on a wild that gains power equal to the damage dealt. 
Now is where we get a little bit different. So we have covert armaments, range four, strength four, physical. It is a gainer, so he will gain one power after the attack is resolved, regardless of the amount of damage done or the lack of damage done. And it has a very interesting effect, and we'll see this in his spender as well, where if the target character is within range two, it may not modify its defense dice during the attack. This Killmonger, this Usurper, is practiced, poised, and aimed at exactly what he's going for. You're not going to be able to use your little re-rolls in humans. You're not going to be able to use your spider senses, because this Killmonger is already on your tail. you got to watch out. His spender is Kaluna's Fury. Range 3, strength 6, for 3 power. This spender, by the way, uh, uh, Kaluna, I'm probably saying that wrong. I've only ever read it. Uh, very cool story. Uh, he gets saved by this god of, um, it's one of the other daughters of Ra, uh, Bast's sister. Um, very, very, very cool interaction uh, here. But um, this spender, you add dice to the attack roll equal to the character's current damage. So this is a, you know, and it, it, there was a D&D game I played for a while that Dan ran where every time I rolled dice, I was playing a... Um, uh, Blood Hunter in 5e. Anytime I rolled dice, I'd say, now get ready for my kill move. And I would roll dice and it would put whatever was, you know, already wounded down. And that that plays very true here, where adding damage equal to the character's current damage to the attack and a strength six attack. This is, if I'm reading this right, that's on the target, right? It, uh... Equal to the no, I'm, I'm oh, pretty sure that's supposed to be killmongers. I wrote a very big thing in the blog about how this was made to take down hulks and stuff because you'd get to roll 14 extra dice, and uh, I'm gonna have to strike that whole part because that was incredibly wrong. So, if your five star hey, so review includes how I was wrong here, it's <laughs> a great spot. I, to do uh, it. It's funny you bring that up, Tim, because my next article uh, writing is gonna be about reading comprehension. Ooh, I will probably have to text to speech that one. <laughs> But, anyway, but yeah, yeah so, so get a maximum of five extra dice on here, right? So here's here's what I would suggest. If you're playing Killmonger, play against someone uh, who has a relationship with you like Dan and I have, where Dan constantly leaves my characters on one. So you can really maximize the effect of this. Then I would get 11 dice for only three power and he can't modify defense dice against it. Not just within range two, just can't modify them at all. Super dope. Super dope. Like when I looked at this card again, I was kind of like ambivalent. And then I got to Conalanalingus's Fury and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is an amazing, very amazing good. attack. Not as good as I made it out to be initially. You're not going to be getting 20 <laughs> dice to attack a Hulk or whatever. But like, I think it's still pretty good. Well, it's actually still good against Hulk because he can't puny banner it. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's good against. Yeah, completely agree. That's that's probably what I meant. It's not the words yeah. I used. But definitely where I was headed. Um, now on to his uh, affiliation ability for Wakanda, Strength of the New Generation. Once again, I love that naming for this. That just, it gets me hyped up for Killmonger. Um, during the power phase, choose up to three allied heroes. Give each chosen character an herb token. While a character with an herb token is attacking, it may spend it to add one die to its attack. At the end of the round, when removing activated tokens from characters, remove all herb tokens. A character that has an herb token removed in this way 
suffers one damage and gains a power. Use the herb or you're going to get hurt. But if you don't, you'll get a little hurt and a little bit of power. It's kind of that cosmic cube mixed with a little like winging it tokens, but it's only for attacking and it's extra dice instead of rerolls. And so this is the story, right? The reason that they had to get rid of the Wakandan herb tactic is because literally Killmonger stole all. Of them. Oh, the crisis card. Yeah. The crisis yeah. is gone because Killmonger took them all. Yep. And he's and now he's them, handing them out to his cronies, using them to good effect, you know? And that's, that was the thing, right? In it's raw form. Like it was in the crisis on the a map, which is no longer, uh, around. Um, it gave you more physical defense. Once refined, it actually helps you get by defense by giving you more dice on your attack. It's all canon. Um, and honestly, they've been working on the storyline for years since the beginning. It removes your lack of need to hurt others. Mm-hmm. Or no, it, it enforces it. Correct. Because if, if you don't hurt somebody else, you, if you don't hurt somebody else, you literally hurt yourself. And that's what they say. If you don't hurt others, at the end of the day, you really, you're hurting yourself. And, and that's, that's, that's the strength of the new generation. And one of the wisest things I've ever heard in my entire life was early from Squidbillies when he said, why do we hurt the ones that we hit? <laughs> I mean, All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Glad you came by. Make sure you like and subscribe. Hit the bell. <laughs> that was profound. Now, uh, similar to OG Black Panther, this Killmonger does have pounce where he can throw himself short for two power. Uh, he doesn't suffer collisions, but the thing that he hits certainly does. And then last but not least, we have Untamed Force. So this Killmonger does not have kill count tokens. He doesn't rack up the kills like that, but he does have a really dope counterattack where for two power after attack targeting this character is resolved. It does not have to do damage. He just has to be attacked. So full send it, block it all, and then attack back anyway. Very kingly, by the way, for someone that is going to be a usurper, lets his opponents attack him first. They don't have to do damage. He knows better. They're not going to do it. He's Killmonger. He's better. He's deserving of the crown. And then he will take his turn and attack them back with vibranium weapons. It can only be used so once guess, a turn, and the attack has to come from someone within range too. Let me ask you, do you prefer counterattacks to be like that, or do you prefer Tachunka's roll dice get, you know, get result hit? So great question. Uh, I'm very mixed on that. With my rolls, I prefer a counterattack because then I know I'm going to get at least one through potentially, hopefully uh, with a untamed force or actually I had a lot of luck with it with Sabertooth uh, with with his um, counterattack where when you get to do a builder as a counterattack, you're sometimes paying for it. It has pierce on a wild, too. So your odds of potentially having damage go through are even better. I really like it. Um I think in this particular situation, I'm looking to try to snowball with someone like Killmonger. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to prefer an untamed force over just doing some chip damage back. I'm going for a big attack back. Yeah, I'm assuming you're just hoping for the the spike for the yes. most part. Yep. Well, especially I'm, with a pierce. Correct. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's the way to get it done. And it's an attack back. Maybe you haven't used your herb token yet. Right. And that's that true. gives you an opportunity to spend it and do a six dice energy wild piercing attack back that's also a builder and it so something one of my favorite things about electra is that when you do her martial prowess and when it does damage it actually like kind of refunds like refunds half of the attack mm-hmm. untamed force can just pay for itself correct which is super which is why they most likely had to limit it 
because otherwise you just get this cycle of just somebody hitting a wall. Right. That'd be pretty funny. Well, then imagine when we get to him, Nightcrawler too, right? Uh, using his spender to attack him. And then every time he does it, he triggers another attack. And then Killmonger just stabs him again. Like, cut it out. Stab. Usurped. But. So I don't know if you, if these two guys had a bonkin match, who do you think would get the throne? Who would become the Kang? Uh, it's a great question. I, 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 you know, for obvious reasons, I think King T'Challa has a clear advantage, right? Being one threat, more higher health, stronger attacks. Uh, but listen, I, I would never count Killmonger out. He's you can't usurp if you don't have a King. And to me, that's why King T'Challa is around is to have someone with the title to be effectively usurped. I think the artist formerly known as Tisdale is right. I think Magneto would win. <laughs> so the Black Panther then, because he has the, the Magneto builder to a lesser yes, extent. Yes, he does. All 100%. right. So after um, the reveal of the cards in the Rivals panel box, the AMG also talked about um, two of the new terrain sets that are going to be coming out and one of the new additions to those terrain sets being one shots. So we're going to be getting two packs of Wakandan terrain. We're going to be getting the kingdom of Wakanda as well as the icons of Bast. Um, both sets actually look very neat. They also look a little smaller than some of the other ones. So these might be, they might be kind of splitting some of the bigger packs into two. So you can grab what you want um, instead of feeling like you have to really kind of overcommit to a larger terrain box. Um, and then it can, they also announced the one shots. So each one of these two packs is going to come with their own one shot. Now, one shots are optional rules that you can use. They look like they're very similar on the tarot sized um, crisis cards that can affect the game in a bunch of different ways by adding new objectives, new things that are going on, and they will drastically affect the battlefield, sometimes raising, lowering or potentially neither the total threat of the crisis is at hand. So the one that is going to be coming in the Kingdom of Wakanda box is called One-Shot Vibranium Spill. This has a modifier to threat of zero and has a couple different things going on. It has also has kind of a little flavor text in there that tells you kind of why this is happening and, and where. When the squeal of tires and telltale clang of hollow metal, the vibranium hauler is derailed from its course. As its unstable contents spill across the road, the gleam of an idea passes through the combatants. Stealing the malformed canisters is too obvious, but returning them might well curry favor with the powerful Wakanda. This is something anyone can take advantage of. Are you stealing it? Are you returning it? Either way, there is a clear benefit to any character on the field. The setup is, if not already on the battlefield, place the vibranium hauler and all six vibranium canisters onto the battlefield. The vibranium hauler we've seen and they've talked about has raisable doors so you can move these canisters in and out. It's very cool. They also talked about how their inspiration for this particular vehicle was a beetle. And you can kind of tell that, too, from the way that that uh, terrain piece looks. It is as soon as you see beetle, you're like, oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But. The following special rules are in effect during the mission. Unyielding alloy. The vibranium hauler is not destroyed when it is thrown or collided with by characters and terrain features. Instead, after the collision is resolved, place the vibranium hauler within range one of the character or terrain feature it collided with. The player that caused the effect resolves this place. So you throw it, you place it within one of whoever or whatever you threw it at. 
Unstable Vibranium, a character holding at least one Vibranium character lose canister loses one power per Vibranium canister it is holding during the power phase. So you can hold more than one, and you lose a power for each one you're holding. You can interact with a Vibranium canister to pick it up and place it on the stack card. You're now holding it. You can also interact with a Vibranium hauler. Remove all Vibranium canisters from this character and the character adds one die to its attack rolls this round per canister removed this way. So you pick them up, you put them back, you can really kind of go off the wall with a super dope attack this round as long as you interacted with them and put those canisters back. Pick them up, it might cost you something, a little resource now for potentially a payoff later. There is no victory point benefit to this. It is just for attacks and preventing, obviously, your opponent from being able to benefit from that. Does it remove the token entirely? Like they don't drop it, right? Remove from the sounds of it, it doesn't hit the table again. Character is holding from a stat card. This character adds. Uh, that is the way I read it. Yeah. yeah that's what it looks like. Well, once, so you've, once no you've put it back, like it's back in the hands of Wakanda, right? Because they have the hauler. Sure. So they're not sure. going to let it back out. Listen, I'm not a Wakanda scientist. I couldn't tell you how... Uh, Vibranium works. Now, in the icons of Bast box, there is a different one. This one affects has a modifier th uh, to threat of negative one. So you bring less people uh, or less threat when uh, this one shot is in play. This is called the Panthers Stood Watch. As combatants slam into the dirt, their weary eyes refocus onto the majestic Panther statue, keeping solemn vigil. Was that there before? Setup. If there's not already a panther statue on the field, guess what? Uh, there are now. Uh, you place one or more, not within range two of another terrain feature. The following special rules are in effect during the mission. Eyes of the God. While within range three and line of sight of a panther statue, when a character suffers damage, it gains an additional power. And then there's also on the prowl. When a character would become dazed or KO'd before it is removed from the battlefield, its, controller play, its controlling player may place one of the panther statues within range two of the dazed or KO'd character. This special rule may place a panther statue that has been removed from the battlefield back onto the battlefield. Then the character is dazed or KO'd. Very interesting. So you can remove these from the battlefield. You can throw them around. You can do whatever, just like the regular train. But you get a little bit more power if they're watching you. And if they are destroyed and you're going to get dazed or KO'd, for some reason, they just come back because you know what? You're unconscious and you can't see them sneak back onto the battlefield. I think they're so these good. these pan these statues actually can be destroyed. Yeah, that's that's yeah. an interesting point there. So, so I, do we know do we know what the size of them is? We don't. I think if we take a look at the box, we could probably assume they're minimum size two or three. I don't yeah, think that um, they would be as big as a four, but my guess would probably be three, potentially a two. That's how I feel. It's probably a three. So you figure because you can only decide it if you're the person that loses the model, right? Does that I hear that right? Before being removed, it's controlling player may place one of the statues yes. within two. Yep. So like, I guess <laughs> like you could deliver something you could potentially like throw at the opponent later. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, like deliverable terrain. That's interesting. I, yeah, I really think so, too. Right. And that's not an effect that we've had in the game previously as far as like bringing terrain back onto the board outside of Magneto's um, innate. So and soon, hopefully Sandy fists. Correct. 
Sand E. Fist probably will have, uh, I mean, hopefully sometime. Well, he has, they're like grunts. So I don't know if they would count as terrain, but, but yeah. So I, I, I'm very excited for one shots. What they've also discussed is that every terrain pack going forward will have a one shot included. And they will be going back retroactively as well and adding one shots to existing terrain packs. So whether we see that every once in a while or whether we get one big pack later in the year or next year at some point that gives the construction site or the apartment building or the cosmic terrain uh, or this crash sentinel one shots. I'm super interested in this. I'm very excited to be able to use these. And I think it adds a lot of variation to things both in the future and currently existing, which is exactly what games should be implementing at this stage in the game. You know, we're, we're at three year three in the life cycle and being able to breathe a lot of new life into existing stuff is a really great way to do that. I'm very excited about this. And I found that any game that starts to feel stale, you know, figure if it's any game, like even infinity, 40 K yada, yada, the best ways to fix those things is to just add a layer of randomness, make really just completely rejuvenates your willingness to like play it. Mm -hmm. Completely. And like, they haven't really described how this works, right? But in my brain, obviously, it's kind of determined by the terrain on the table or because it even says, oh, hey, if you get this card, put that piece of terrain on the table. So if you have like a deck of these things, right, mm -hmm. every single piece of terrain that you have, just put it in a deck and then you say, oh, yeah, hey, let's play however it works, right? Let's like draw or flip two of these or whatever, and it can completely change your regular games. I don't think you'll see this at tournaments, but this is definitely something you can play with like, you know, your friends at the shop or your kids who you're forcing to play or your <laughs> right, mother yeah. who you've kidnapped and dragged whoa, into your whoa, weird whoa, whoa, whoa. basement studio. Huh? That's not, that's not, that's not how it went I'm at just all. picking generic things. Oh, gotcha. Tim. Gotcha. I mean, geez. <laughs> Stop thinking, gosh. But uh, similar to this, we also got a reveal of another new mode or way to play the game, and that is Mojo Ball. So this is one that I am so over the top excited about. They didn't really give us a whole lot of information on it. Very specifically, the quote we got from Will Pagani was... Let me pull this back up because it was really good and I was very excited for it. Yes, so they were talking about what Mojo Ball might be, and he said... Uh, you, you take balls to places, you score points, uh, you can win, uh, you can also lose. Sports ball. So whether this is going to be like a blood ball derivative, whether this is going to be its own special, very precise organized play kit, or whether this is a full new kind of like brand new mode, I am so excited to see the um, Crisis Evolved or Evolving Crisis uh, panel tomorrow where they're going to be talking more about this. Um, I think alternative ways to play um, is huge for a miniatures game, especially as it helps bring in players that might be interested in a different type of game. I think it makes organized play better. It makes conventions better. The more stuff you have to do with the same models you already have is what draws me to stuff like, unfortunately, like to GW, where I'm like, oh, I can use these Underworlds models and AOS. Oh, and they're demons, so I can use them in 40K too. That's super attractive to me as a consumer. If I can use these same models to play a whole bunch of different game types and game ways and game modes, that's great. I am. I hope I'm not setting my bar too high for Mojo Ball, but it has Mojo in it. It has a bunch of characters we haven't seen before, like uh, Gladiator and I think Giant Man um, on, the, on the cover of it. So I, this, this can go a lot of ways. I'm... 
I wish I could say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm already all in and I hope I'm not disappointed tomorrow. I would say. Yeah, I mean, anytime, anything that lets you play, I mean, lots of companies try and make alternate, you know, ways to play their games and all that. Some of them hit, some of them miss. Usually AMG is pretty on spot on with this kind of stuff. I will say their organized play kits are normally rather good. Right. So I think this is going to more than likely be a home run like most of the things they do. Uh, Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, whether I'll play it or not, who knows, right? But it's definitely cool that it's available. Yeah. Um, So once again, there will be more on that tomorrow during that uh, that other panel Um, and moving into. A character that I uh, a couple characters that are all somewhat shadowy based. Um, Starting from the top, let's go with some of the new X-Men reveals. So they revealed some tactics cards as well as some character cards for Nightcrawler, Shadowcat and Shadow King, starting with. Nightcrawler, because he's the first one that came up on my list here. Um, there is, we've talked about teleporting uh, quite a bit, and especially when Magic came out, we assumed his teleport would work very similar uh, to hers. And they actually said in uh, the stream today that Nightcrawler's been in development for a very long time, and Magic straight up has Nightcrawler's teleportation, not the other way around, which I thought was very interesting. So his Bamf is. Straight up, this character may spend one to three power to use the superpower, place the character within range within X of itself, where X is the amount of power spent. The superpower can be used once per turn. Some basics on him are he has four, three, three for defenses, six stamina on his healthy side, five on his injured side, four threat, size two, medium mover. Now, before we get into what I think is probably one of the coolest abilities that I will always want to work and will do so many things to make work and will never work in his spender, let's go over Teleporting Strike. All of his attacks are physical. Uh, teleporting Strike is his builder. Range 3, Strength 5. After this attack is resolved, uh, he gains power equal to the damage dealt and has ha as an additional trigger, except it's not a trigger, it's just always there. And just very specifically, it is spelled... H, lowercase a, hyphen, capital H, capital A. It is you have to enunciate and emphasize the second ha ah, like you're a fencer, as Nightcrawler is. Otherwise, you're not really playing the game and you get DQ'd. Uh, but after is the, is the exclamation point capitalized too? Yes. Yep. It's okay. a capital exclamation okay. point. That makes sense. Okay. You can tell because it's it's it looks like the text before is bold because it is. Uh, and it does not look bold. And that is how you capitalize an exclamation point is you make sure that it's unbold after bolded text. Absolutely. Uh, but haha! after the damage is dealt, if this character is not within range two of the target character, the target character gains the stun special condition. Pretty Dude, it's so stupid that there's not like a teleport ability on the attack. Isn't that like what he's known for? Well, it's so stupid. <laughs> I was surprised when I saw haha. I was like, oh, I saw the range two in the entry for haha. And I was like, oh, it's probably range two place. And then skipped it and moved on and went back. I was like, okay, well, he could like builder into a spender and that'll give him another place. And then I reread it. And I was like, oh, it's not a place at all. It's actually just a stun if they're close enough. Or if they're not close enough, I guess you could say. Um, now, the best character in the game, Daredevil, he requires a wild to do that. And it's only range two. Yeah, but he's a. Th- Fourth threat. Is he? 
That's a, that's fascinating. Yeah, I almost said three. And then, yeah, I, yep, I almost said three. That's so weird. Uh, now, Nightcrawler Spender, and the thing that I'm very excited about is called Brimstone Blitz. You add dice to this attack equal to the number of times this character has been placed this turn. On a crit and a hit, it has Flurry of Blows, where after the attack is resolved, this character may make an additional attack action. This attack must target the original target character. Range 2, Strength 5, 1 power. So, how many times can he place in a turn by himself? He has Banff. Ooh. Ooh. He can do that once. Ooh. What is Me. it, Dr. D? It's, it's, it's three times, technically. How do you figure? Because he can, he can like, Banff across the table. Mm -hmm. uh, he can use... Uh, I don't know how to... Uh, he could puff of smoke, and he, then after he, he does a bonk, he mm -hmm. can move, That's and it's right. like free. So but puff then of he's smoke is a reactive, uh, cost zero, where when this uh, character makes an attack after damage is dealt, this character may use a superpower, place this character within range two of the target character. And that's free. That is free. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also has a tactics card that I'm sure we will talk about, but that is actually a way to get a third place out of him. So here's the thing I'm thinking is um, can you puff of smoke multiple times off of Brimstone Blitz? If that generates another attack, puff of smoke says when this character makes an attack, you would make an additional attack. Can you puff of smoke off of Brimstone Flurry of Blows? I think you would be able to, right? It just... Yeah, that's like a weird interaction, right? I'm sure that might get FAQ'd or whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, because right now, Brimstone Blitz looks like potentially the most powerful attack on the earth. Right. As long as you um, roll that crit and hit. I feel like at some point on this card, they forgot to copy paste. This power can only be used <laughs> once per turn. It's either going to be on puff of smoke or brimstone blitz. If not, I actually don't know how, I mean, you essentially pay, I don't know, like one to three power. And then you just pick a model off the table. Right. As long as you keep uh, hitting those those strides, but then every time you do it, assuming that that works this way, I, I have an overwhelming feeling it probably doesn't. But assuming that you can puff a smoke off of additional attacks generated by Brimstone Blitz, that means every time you do trigger it, your next Brimstone Blitz is going to have one more strength added onto it. Which doesn't. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see the argument both ways. Right. <laughs> So um, I do think I think I think the once per turn is probably supposed to be on flurry of blows. Personally. Yeah. Like, you know, or well, maybe not once per turn, but it's for a turn. I mean, like as in like how all the other rapid fires and flurries and stuff like that work where it's you do it once and then it's hey, you can't this trigger disappears or whatever, however they work. Well, outside of like Quicksilver, right, who can trigger velocity an infinite amount of times. But that's also a. So, yeah, I guess I guess the thing is, is that it is a two dice trigger and on on two dice, it's not super easy. But with new Steve Avenger, the new yeah, with the new Steve or any kind of dice fix, it's going to be potentially insane. So Will in chat says, I believe the answer earlier today was a tentative yes. So I think the jury's going to be out a, on this one. Um, that it's a Greek mythology string. <laughs> That's a weird answer, Will. But um, so I think, you know, as of right now, it looks like that might be the case where you can. And I mean, once again, it's it's one of those things, right? We've seen 
Now, Quicksilver's has to target someone else. This has to target the same person. You are talking about rolling a ton of dice and actually having damage go through to potentially put a single character down. Most characters can do that with their spender anyway. But I hope it works that way. I think that'd be really fun. And I'm really excited to see how people make like Nightcrawler bombs and just have them really pop off. What if potentially, you know what I mean? A what if event having Nightcrawler with um, uh, what's the thing that the Asgardian only card where you sacrifice your physical defense, Doom, Doom, Pro- Doom, Doom Prophecy. Prophecy, being able to Doom Prophecy on Nightcrawler, have them start with eight on a Brimstone Blitz and just start one, sh- not one shotting, but 24 shotting a, uh, a Malekith or something like that. Uh, now, his other reactive is Umglik Acrobatics. This is two Bless power. You. Thank you. Uh, when this character is targeted by a physical or energy attack or makes a dodge roll, which is actually super cool, and may use this superpower, add two dice to this character's defense or dodge roll. So, I mean, being able to steroid yourself up when there's not a whole lot of ways to spend power on this feller um, outside of the Brimstone Blitz, which only costs one, and his teleport, uh, that's, that's it. So being able to have the acrobatics up on a pretty regular basis actually seems pretty stellar. It's actually a rather defensive character, potentially moving those energy or physical attacks up to six or five defense and being able to dodge things significantly better too, which there are very few effects which give a steroid to dodge rolls. Yeah, it's obviously really good. I mean, you figure two dice for two defense, or I'm sorry, two power for two defense dice, pretty bog standard. Mm-hmm. But the fact that his has the option for an attack all and also a dodge is what makes it really good. Um, and then he has two innates. He has wall crawler as well as invisible and shadows. Uh, invisible and shadows effectively functions as stealth as long as Nightcrawler is within range one of a terrain feature of size two or more. So it's not on all the time. He has to have a shadow to be invisible in. But once he is, he's good. And the one byproduct of the wording is that cards, and there's not that many, but anything that ignores stealth does not ignore this. Correct. Very much. Yep, that's actually very good. So marked for death does not get around invisible in shadow because it's not stealth. He's actually invisible there. It's not stealth. He's invisible. You can't mark something that's invisible for death. It's invisible. That means yeah, it can't, it, that means it can't be visible. It is so visible. I, I, I always like to credit these because I think a lot of people take it for granted. But the art for Nightcrawler in particular, uh, I think is fantastic. I think I this isn't even the first time I've brought this up. I think the last time I specifically brought up the artist, I think it was the same guy, Patrick Brown. I really love his art that he does on the cards. Yeah, because he, he also does Shadowcat. And I think that's probably it's very, very Shatterpoint looking. And I really like that style. Well, in this new style of card, too, and I will say the new style of the boxes is very nice. It's very fresh feeling. It feels very new and clean, and pristine. Like, I really like the new box art um, that's yeah. that's been going out. They've kind of gotten they've moved away from the the heavy black um, that normally surrounds a lot of the pictures and stuff. I've gone for this very nice open approach, which I, I it's very quite a bit. Very, very minimalism. It's very cool. I, I agree. and. The last thing I'll say about uh, Kurt is, according to Will uh, Will Pierogi or whatever his name is, I think he <laughs> wanted uh, Nightcrawler to be the most powerful character in the game. I mean, he certainly has that, you know, ability. He's one of those characters, right? That uh, certainly has a lot of potential, but thankfully is a rather reserved individual. But he also did come with a. We did get a, a spoiler for one of his cards. It's called Mass Transit. 
This is an unaffiliated action active tactics card. This is the first time we've seen one that actually declares it as an action. So Nightcrawler may spend three power to play this card. Choose up to three other allied characters within range two of Nightcrawler. Place Nightcrawler within range three of himself. Then place each chosen character within range one of Nightcrawler. After this effect is resolved, Nightcrawler gains the Stagger special condition. So a lot of different interplay here, right? If you do that first as your first action, you are going to lose your second, right? I think. Is that Or does Stagger always trigger on the no, following it, round? It's it's only like at the start of the round. So I think if you gain a Stagger mid-round, I don't, I don't think it does anything. I think, I'm not entirely sure. I think you that. might be right, because I think Stagger specifically says the first action on your round has to be to... So yeah. if you, you no longer have a first action on your turn now, because you've already used it to mass transit, you're going to save it for next round. And then, if your opponent dazes you, you can call him a dummy because they got rid of your stagger for you. What a big old doofus, right? What a big old doofus. I but think this is that this card. I think that this card is going to be the thing that kind of lights the game on fire. I can very easily see this be one of those, oh, turn one shenanigan cards that comes up. And you're like, all right, here we go. I already know what's going to happen. Oh, Malekith's across the table. And there you go. And it all starts. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have minded to see a size restriction or a threat restriction on this, but... Um, well, so listen, I'm not sure if you've ever been transported to literal hell, but if you were going to bring somebody there, it probably would be like a teammate who's worked with you for your entire adult life. So maybe restricting it to X-Men would have been a good way to fix this. Actually, yeah, that's probably valid. Um, I think they've added a lot of counter right to this as far it takes an action it does stagger you there's a, a pretty decent power cost with it as well um i'm interested to see how this plays out is this a take every time is this if you have nightcrawler there you're bringing him to use mass transit or is this more of a a flavor of the week type deal um a lot of people in chat saying that this that nightcrawler they're they're really enjoying how the card is playing out also good to see you tad colossus um and then Half Days Ninja uh, Will saying that get on the Kurt bus, everybody. Remember, just like in Fortnite, when Nightcrawler teleports you, you have to thank your teleport driver. Please do it. It's only one button. It's a hotkey. It's fine. But not to be outshadowed. No one outshadows the hut outside of Shadow Cat herself. Who ah. is here on screen. Dope. We did it. I get it. We saved the day. Okay. Shadow Cat. This is a character you're uh, somewhat of a fan of, right, Dr. D? I really like, yeah, this was one of the ones I read, and uh, it was definitely something that made me excited. Um, okay, so you see, when you look at the little symbols here, right, we haven't seen one of these in probably, I think it's been almost uh, 37 years. If you look at that little thing that looks like a COVID molecule, right next to it, there's a number. This is the mystical number that we haven't seen for a long, long time. That's a... Lady, lady and gentlemen, that's a three. This is a three threat. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going there. You see that? Yeah. Do you see that threat? That's not a four plus. Do you mm -hmm. see that? Mm -hmm. you, you see that? That's pretty. That's pretty neat. I didn't so, think of that. Yeah, this is the first for three we've seen in a long time. I think Pyro all was year? the last three. Yeah, I think Pyro was like end of last year. This is the first three we've seen in 2023. And she so we is know, the 2023 three. And for the record, these are the releases for the next six months. So AMG is going to do a classic and make sure Katie Pride does not come out until like January of next year. There are three threats in the Earth's Mightiest box. That is. 
Oh, that's fair. But there are what used to be threes that are now fours as well. All right, lady and gentlemen, I'm sorry I failed you. I was your champion, and now I am no longer John PCN. <laughs> I pass it on to Tim's Taylor. mom. Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're desynced. It's all falling apart. Anyway, so Shadowcat. Uh, I've always kind of liked Shadowcat in the books and all that because she's popped up in stuff that isn't like always X-Men comics, so she's probably the one I've had mm. at least a little bit more exposure to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Catherine Kitty Pride, she's Shadowcat. She's three across the board. She's got five health. She's a three threat. She's a size two. And she's got herself a long move. And as far as uh, as far as I know, again, nothing on this card changes when she flips. It does so not. That's yep. good. And oh, long yeah, mover with stealth. Always a great start. Always a great start. And I think what makes this okay is that she doesn't repeat the same crimes of having something again, unless there's a card, of course. Uh, where she steals something, right? That was always like the perfect storm combination of being too much. Mm-hmm. And I say that as someone who has a black cat tattoo, right? I'm a huge black cat fan. And even I was like, I felt bad using her sometimes. Anyway, I think that's fair. So you're fair. So the strike that she has is phasing strike. That's what makes it a strike, idiot. So she is range two. It's strength four. It doesn't cost anything because there's a strike doofus. And so after this attack is resolved, you gain power equal to the damage you do. Wow, that's pretty swell. Mm -hmm. During this attack, the defending character does not get to add crit results, and they don't get the extra dice from rolling a crit. That is real good. That's real good. Makes up for it being only four strength. So, and exactly where I was kind of going with this, it's actually been a little while since I remember seeing like an actual dedicated to range four strength strike. Like you have like, they're just, they were always the weakest strikes. And I feel like they've kind of almost gone extinct. Yeah. But if you do little things like this to just kind of spice them up, just oh, so slightly, they get way more practical. So even with like black cat, because that's kind of where I think a lot of the comparison is going to be is against black cat. who's another like great and domino. It's kind of a really good mix of those two characters. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. And with Black Cat, at least with her four dice strike, she has a pierce, right? So that even makes it like remotely usable, especially now. Anyway, and then she also has a wild trigger, which is sidestep. So after the stack is resolved, places character within range one of itself. Uh, not a huge deal, but you know, who doesn't enjoy a little extra movement? A little extra movement? I'm yeah. I don't know. I'm wrong with that. Uh, so her next tech, it's energy. Get him, Lockheed. So anybody that doesn't know who Kitty Pride is, she has a little pet dragon. That follows her around. I forget where the dragon's from, but it's actually not like technically a part of her power set, but Lockheed's always around. I think it's from Limbo. It's either a space dragon yeah, or it's from Limbo because I know that Magic had Lockheed for a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's from Limbo. So it's an energy attack. It's range three, strength four. Again, no energy. Or I'm sorry, no power. After the attack is resolved, you gain a power. That makes it a gainer. So it's a range gainer. Pretty good to have. It's only range three. Uh, most of your gainers you hope for range four, but there's something that makes up for that because there's a wild trigger, lady and gentlemen, that causes incinerate. And we're all good. Who doesn't love that? Another comparison to Domino, too, right? Except instead of a grenade costing one, it's a little bit uh, weaker, but still has a incinerate granted on a wild instead of automatic. Yeah. And obviously, I think Domino's probably still wins out because it also has explosive and stuff, but yeah. Uh, you see, the big advantage of this attack is you get to make little like dragon noises when you do it. That's probably the most powerful effect of the card of the uh, of the power. Anyway, so then she's got a spender. 
which is called Intangible Assault. It is physical during, uh, I'm sorry, it's range three, strength seven, cost three power. During this attack, the defending character does not get to add crits. They also don't get the extra, the extra dice from crits. That seems to be, I guess, how they're showing off her ability to like phase through stuff. And then she has a wild, which is ghosted, which is when you find her on Tinder and you talk to her and have a really good conversation. After this attack is resolved, place this character within range two of itself, which is just a little bit of an upgraded version of her strike. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple stuff. So I think that they're they're simple and effective. I like them. Obviously, messing with crits is a very powerful ability. Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, And then a range two place as well for only two power. I mean, a lot of movement on this character. Yeah, especially as a long mover with stealth anyway. I mean, as far as like asset acquisition, especially um, when X-Men kind of like to just pick stuff up and then move back to safety, she's going to complement Beast and Storm and cover and all that stuff very well. She's going to find a home there very quickly. And actually, Tattered Colossus brings up a good point. Vision also did have that effect on one of his attacks when he's supposed to like go through that phase shifting thing. I guess that's just how AMG has decided to show off that specific like power set. Yeah. All right. So anyway, she also has an active superpower called Phase Rush. You may place this character with a range two of itself. It costs two. That's a great price for that type of movement. A lot of other characters have to spend three. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty solid, especially on a three cost. Uh, her next ability, which is a reactive. Now, I think that this right here is the reason you take Kitty, other than just being a long mover. Can't touch this. So it costs two. When this character or an allied character within range two is targeted by a physical or an energy attack or would or would make a dodge roll. That's a big deal. This character may use the superpower. This character adds two dice to the defense or dodge roll if this character or the allied character is pushed or thrown by the special rules of the attack. After the effect is resolved, you may place the pushed or thrown character within range one of itself. So the idea here is if you get thrown, you essentially get to reduce the throw distance. But in a weird way, if you get pushed in a certain place, you could actually even kind of like do a lateral movement and maybe get to like some other thing that might help you yeah. or like get out or of get range back on an objective or if someone's trying to push you off or something like that. Right. Like there's a lot of utility with there. The fact that it can affect allies too is huge. This, this would, and so she'd still be a good character if that only affected her. She's really solid that that can affect other people. And I got a whole like uh, spiel that I kind of thought about based on that like range thing. But to kind of finish up the the power itself, as far as I can read it, and I could very well be wrong, when she adds the dice for the defense and dodge roll, I think that only applies to her because it specifically says this character. Because oh. when, when this character or an ally character within range two is targeted by an attack or would make a dodge roll, this character may use the superpower. This character adds two dice to the defense or dodge roll. I there's still I'm only not one defense or dodge roll, though. So it's right. That's actually that's see, a great question on the wording. But but the wording of it specifically states the way it's like worded is that if you spend it this two for somebody else, they it says specifically the allied character is when they're pushed or thrown. So that part might be the only part that applies to an allied model. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But that was something I noticed because I know how to read. Yeah, I don't. So I didn't pick up on yeah. that at all. That's actually so really that good. is so will will uh pierogi might have to like bring that up um yeah yeah so that's, that's great. something i noticed yeah uh 
Great eye. That's uh because I was initially like, oh, I have this uh, list that I've been working on for a while. That's all about shields without using anyone from shield in it. Um, about being able to run Steve Avengers with um, anyone that could potentially throw a shield and then Cable and Doctor Strange that can give people more defense dice for only one power because they're under Avengers. I was considering putting her in there for that to have more steroids that only cost one. But if it can't actually give the defense dice to other people, then that's uh, that's kind of a big deal. And maybe like one of the tactics cards does something similar, like who knows, right? But I wouldn't as be far shocked as I, if she would have this as a robbery, though, by the way, to, to circle back to something you mentioned earlier, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if one of her tactics cards uh, is a steal. So I think in her box, it's probably going to be three different versions of Brace for Impact. Uh, this is a robbery. And what else could we put in there? Um, <laughs> one looks like an attack from Lockheed or maybe a bodyguard from Lockheed or something like that, because it's uh, like I forget what it was called exactly. It was like Friends in High Places or something along those lines. Let's see. And for the record, I actually thought Lockheed was going to be similar to Doreen with the squirrel token. Like I was thinking, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, you could put Lockheed on the board and like shoot from it or whatever. There Something is her two look like Faithful Companion, which has her and Lockheed fighting a bunch of brood on it, as well as Hold Still that has her and Colossus like taking down a Nimrod, which would love to see Nimrod in this game. We need more Sentinels. Um, also in this box is the Xavier's Dream. A tactics card, uh, which is very interesting. It's a reactive for the Uncanny X-Men where it's kind of like a reverse spirit bomb where when an allied character would suffer damage, any number of other allied characters may each spend one power to play this card. For each power spent this way, reduce the amount of damage the allied character would take by one. So I really like damage reduction that's done in a different way. You know, we have um exceptional healing we have odin's blessing we have those cards that when they take damage they can spend some power and they only take one instead this can reduce it to zero but it kind of has that like team effort in there it's unsized typed but it's only one power each so the wider you go the more damage you can prevent um and i think that's super super dope the now the thing that's absolutely nuts about that card is the fact that it's rangeless yes that's crazy. I think that's the balance, though, is that anyone can spend one. If it was anyone can spend whatever they want, then, yeah, you got to put a range on it. But if everyone can only spend a maximum of one power on it, I think having it rangeless kind of functions fine. Now, do you get to do a like a spirit bomb joke every time you use this card? Yes, 100 uh, percent. But then you have to you have to miss the first time you use the tactics card. And there's not a way currently to bring it back. So that's kind of unfortunate. Will says that's anyway. the invincible Logan card. <laughs> that's, that's how you keep Logan alive. And you can stack them, too. If you want to keep Wolverine around even longer, you can Xavier's Dream and Exceptional Healing. But uh, the fourth card in that set, uh, and this is something Dan and I have talked about a bunch on the show. Uh, one of Dan's favorite storylines with Iceman is when Emma, like, untaps Iceman and lets him know, hey, you can actually do a lot more than this. Stop holding back. You're a big old doofus. Uh, and that third, that fourth card is called Untapped Potential, has Iceman and uh, Emma Frost on it. Uh, so we don't know what it does yet, but could be very dopers when gopers. Will also says it's like a good Cyclops leadership. Listen, so here's the thing. Uh, 
Just think about with Xavier's Dream specifically, how much more power you're going to have to spend on Xavier's Dream to keep your X-Men alive after you've saved so much power with Cyclops' leadership on those spenders. So put 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 that in your tactics card and sleeve it. All right. So moving on to one of the last uh, card reveals that we have, because uh, we're certainly over time, but listen, there's just so much to go over, is... Shadow King. This is a model that I yipped about. It was a small squeak as I was streaming the 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 reveal at Adepticon, so I didn't want to make too much noise. But the fact that Shadow King was even considered and is actually coming to the game, and we now have a card for him, I love the Shadow King. Loved him in all the X Men Legends games. Uh, loved him in Legion. I thought Aubrey Plaza did an insanely incredible job playing him. I love this character. And we have a card for him now. And he's no slouch. So, Shadow King, I think he's up on the screen. Yes, he is. Beautiful. Um, Farouk, he's not Farouking around. He's got three, four, five, four defenses. He's got six stamina on both sides. He's five threat, size three, and a short mover. Uh, really coming out with that kingpin energy there uh, with, the, with, the, uh, with the suit. And his builder has root on it mental shackle range three strength six mystic gains power equal to the damage dealt has a displacement where if it deals damage he can advance the target character short and root on a wild what is funnier than attacking a hulk with a mystic attack gaining some power out of it rooting him and then displacing him a little bit so now his hulk his gamma leap back is going to cost more awesome love it adore it his spender Astral Disintegration, no breathing, range 2, strength 5, 4, power to pull off. Now, this next thing that I'm going to read sounds a lot like Penance Stare, except it's a little cheaper with a smaller range. Add dice to the attack roll equal to the amount of power the target has to a maximum of 5. They have 5 or more power. This is a 10 strength mystic attack for 4. Granted, the range is very short. This target, The target character cannot re-roll or modify dice in the defense role during this attack. No puny banner, no spider senses, no nothing. Listen, no cover even. Astral Disintegration doesn't care that you're behind a garbage can. It doesn't care, Rocket Raccoon, that you always benefit from cover. Um, you can't modify your dice. You can't do it. You still have that cover. You just can't modify your dice with it. Take that, Magneto. <laughs> stupid card. Breaks the game. Wait, so yeah, so magnet gets around magnetic refraction. Does it get around force projection as well? Can you not use so, your mystic defense here? Well, I guess you'd be using your mystic defense anyway because it's a mystic. Oh attack. yeah, no, it wouldn't affect that. Well, but you can't. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't. So they're gonna roll blanks anyway, idiot. <laughs> now he has uh, an innate called Omega Level Multiversal Entity, where he gains an additional power during the power phase. And then he has three really cool abilities that are also all somewhat familiar. Uh, we have Astral Fiend. This is an action and costs three power. This plays a lot like the, is it the uh, portals that, um, the Astral Projection that uh, the Wizards have, that Dr. Strain has. It is an action. Place a projection token within range three of this character. When measuring range for this character's attacks or, and this is the super important part, or superpowers, Measure from the projection token. When measuring range for enemy mystic attacks, enemy characters may measure to this character or its projection token. 
When this character is dealt damage by an enemy mystic attack, remove this token. At the beginning of the cleanup phase, remove this token. This superpower can only be used once a turn. Clear benefits, clear disadvantages. Your wizards can attack Shadow King's projection if it's over there. Um, the really cool thing is that this also changes the range of his superpowers. One very specifically being Nightmare Visions. This costs four power, which is more expensive than other superpowers of this type. But when a character ends in advance within range three of this character or its projection, this character may use the superpower. Roll three dice. The enemy character suffers one damage for each crit and wild in the result. If the superpower deals at least one damage, this character may advance the enemy character short. This superpower can only be used once per turn. Cassandra Nova has one similar. You roll four dice. And if you get the trigger, she moves. Mysterio, same deal. You get the trigger, he moves. With Shadow King, you move them. That's rad as hell, especially when you can do it from around you, you can do it from over there, you can do it from your sister's birthday party, it doesn't matter. As long as there's a projection there, it's going to be dope. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty huge. I know we're like going quick because of the time and all that, but I would definitely say that being able to cover most of the table with the ability to be like, hey, you, did you move there? No, you didn't. Stupid. All right, bye. <laughs> Yeah, well, and once again, that displacement's so big. And then that's what the Shadow King is about narratively, right? He's he's there in the shadows. He's lurking in that dark corner of your mind and just messing with you, ruining things for you, ruining things for your friend and keeping himself rather safe. And I think Astral Fiend really leans into that heavily. Granted, he has to spend for it every turn, but he does get some additional power during the power phase. Uh, he also has pretty decent defenses, three, four, five for... Um, a psychic entity, which we just a lot of times see them normally have one of those kind of as a, as a lower stat, like a two in physical or something, uh, or like Mysterio or um, like, say, Enchantress. Granted, they're not fives, but having a clear disadvantage to one of the defense roles, uh, he kind of doesn't. Three being his weakest is certainly not bad and pretty much makes him a sentinel. But he also has Immortal Essence as his last superpower. It is an active. It costs three power. and the Character removes up to three damage from itself. It can only be used once a turn. Not only is he rather defensive, his stamina is okay. It's not super stellar by any means, uh, but being able to keep himself up and going as he is meddling in the affairs of others is really, really good. Teddy Colossus. I will oh, so good. I will say I really like Shadow King. I think he's a real thirsty boy. Uh, mm -hmm. I I'm sure he's in Cabal. That's probably the one affiliation he is in. But I think I think he really needs to be in like a ramp faction or yeah, Steve Avengers, and then anything else that helps him essentially just quench the thirst. Right. Otherwise, he's great. Uh, in the the stream today, they did talk about how he was a very difficult character to balance. Right. Like, how do you balance making a character feel so good and powerful without making them feel overly oppressive? to your opponent, right? Because we, we've certainly seen characters that, that have that feeling. Um, I think they've done a very good job here. I don't think he's overwhelming. I think he's going to be very fun to play. He's going to be very fun to pilot and has a lot going on. A very, a very heavy presence, but not an overwhelming presence. Um, I think they absolutely knocked Shadow King out of the park as a character that I really appreciate as well. Um, thanks. <laughs> I guess. I do. I do think that this is probably the first five threat character you're actually okay with leaving on a back point. 
Yeah. That was the one thing that kind of ringed in my head. Yep. Absolutely. I didn't think about that at all, but yeah, it's a short mover. You know, you get into these uh, situations with a character like Kingpin, right? Where you're just kind of like chasing characters around to try to like do something. He doesn't have to. He's super fine staying on that back point, holding it down that back gamma shelter and affecting the entire midfield. Um, Especially if there's no other mystic attacks on the other side. If he goes into like Brotherhood or something like that, that doesn't have a Scarlet Witch. uh, Shadow King's really going to really going to kind of mess some people up. I like that a lot. Is there like a cool card that maybe he could like extend the range of his attacks though? You know what? There isn't. Uh, I know the card you're thinking of It's for uncanny X-Men only. Unfortunately, it's called Cerebro. And unless he just happens to be an uncanny X-Men, I don't think he'll be able to benefit from it. But um, there was a card revealed from that box called Cerebro. uh, And this has a lot of implications to a lot of uncanny X-Men. I'm happy that they restricted it to uncanny X-Men to prevent, you know, future proofing a little bit. Um, but Cerebro is an active Uncanny X-Men card. During its activation, an Uncanny X-Men character with at least one Mystic Attack and at least five Mystic Defense can play this card. For the rest of the round, the character that played this card increases the range of its Mystic Attacks by one to a maximum of five, adds one die to its Mystic Attacks, and adds one die to its Mystic Defense rolls. Additionally, this character's attacks do not require Line of Sight and ignore Stealth for the round Jean Grey and uh, Psylocke Emma. and Emma, Emma. Uh, yep. does Psylocke and have Xavier. five Mystic defense? I, th- I think it's it's probably safe to say Xavier's probably going to be a Mystic 5 yeah I guess I oh and Psylocke is only Mystic 4 yeah, so really four. this is Jean Emma and Xavier Emma and Xavier and Shadow King well probably not a, an uncanny X-Men though it would be uncanny if he was so that's fair and by the way, whatever stupid idiot puts this on their head, I bet they can't even see Nightcrawler. What a dummy. <laughs> so we have a Cerebro right here, which I'm excited to use at some point when this card comes out. But this bad boy lights, this bad boy lights up. It has all sorts of dope stuff. Dylan, I don't know if I showed you this while you were here, but uh, this is going to be dope. It's left over from the ENT that used to rent this place before I was here. But uh, yeah, it goes in your head. All this stuff lights up. It whirs. It's it's like real Cerebro stuff. Listen, it's got all these cords. It's super rad. So according to the uh, shipping manifest for all the things you have in the back room, I'm assuming you stole that. No, it's just left here. Uh-huh. Like that, there's a whole bunch of stuff left in here. So, but yeah, so we have that when Cerebro comes out. I'm very excited for it be the next cosplay in a long line of cosplays. But uh, no, Tata Colossus, you're not in trouble. I was just going to mention that you had said in chat that, uh, Tim, you changed my mind. I didn't think about the astral token. Move them by your Mysterio and trigger another one. So that's, I meant to bring that up. Yes. So Shadow King, Cassandra Nova, Rocket Raccoon, um, and Mysterio having all sorts of traps, being able to trigger each other and uh, throw in a Mr. Sinister to force move people into those ranges. You could have a lot of just overwhelming fun. Why not even clone in a uh, Craven to Fearful Symmetry off of the new Core Box Spider Man? Like there's just, there's a lot. There's a or lot a boat. you can do. Or a boat. You know how much we've always wanted to clone one of those? Hey, Timmy, yes. can we talk about the cool models before we end? We can. All right. So I want to say uh, all the new Asgardians, uh, 11 out of 10 uh, different uh, 
11 out of 10 amazingness. I love them. I absolutely adore that Gene Foster. The Lady Sif is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I am a huge Loki fan. I don't know why old Loki is so friggin' ripped. Right? Well, they didn't necessarily say old Loki. They said, like, this is this is the sorcerer in his prime Loki. Uh, The quote that they used, I put it in the blog, too. If you haven't checked that out, professionalcasual.com was so good. They said the the Loki that's out, he's kind of a scamp, right? He's a trickster. He's playing tricks on people. This Loki, how do you make Loki annoying without being too annoying? This Loki is here to steal your lunch money and ruin your day. This is bully Loki. This is trick you out of your house and then laugh at you as he burns it down anyway, Loki. Um, I am super excited to finally have this card revealed at some point. I think it's going to be rad as hell. Uh, Jane Foster, Thor, Mighty Thor herself finally being announced. Uh, something Danny's been looking forward to since the game came out. Uh, a new sixth threat Thor confirmed. Sixth threat Thor. Mitch might finally make it back into MCP. We've seen him silent for a while on all the Facebook groups. And then Lady Sif, um, a character that we kind of expected a long time ago, especially when we saw Valkyrie come out. No Warriors 3 yet. That certainly doesn't mean they're not coming, but... A new Loki, a new Thor, Jane Foster, Mighty Thor, and Sif is a great new addition as well and really breeds a lot of great life into Asgard. Uh, very excited for it. And I know you're probably overwhelmingly excited for this new Loki. Oh, yeah. I'm over the moon. And I think the weakest the just of these... Incredible. I know. I think they're all good. I think the weakest of them all is probably the Thor. Like, I don't know what outfit that is. Like, I think it would have been a great, like, an amazing sculpt if it wasn't for the helmet. It's like the helmet doesn't quite fit with the rest of it i can see that covers up the eye yeah there's there's something there and it could just be the angle but uh lady sif looks really good um the sif is easily probably the best one out of all and the uh the magical effect i I think they have some term that they call it in the transmissions and stuff when they have magical effects on stuff but that uh that green arcing energy coming off of him and running into the ground or coming up from the ground into his hand is is very cool also, and, and I'm glad I'm glad Sif, I'm glad Sif took the time to bring a rock all the way from Asgard to New York. <laughs> That's good, thankfully. But um, do you, are we going to see a new leader out of one of these? Do you think? Do we I think? mean, I think I think Mighty Thor is probably going to be a leader for sure. Yep. What I don't understand, what what, and he, he might also be a leader, right? But the new Thor. I don't know what what the snapshot is for him. If it's supposed to be him as the like, because he's kind of got the Odinson looking armor. But again, when he becomes Odinson, he throws away his little like soup bowl helmet from what I yeah. understand, which is kind of making me think that maybe it's not him then. So I don't know. He might be. He very well could be a leader. I think Mighty Thor is going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I don't think Loki's been able to lead much of anything, and Sif is. I don't. Sif doesn't seem like the leader type to me anyway. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't particularly think so either. I, I guess I wouldn't uh, nail her. Down. She wants to be on the battlefield mucking stuff up. She doesn't want to be hanging back. Uh, now, for the record, I expect I want this out in the air so that if AMG do this, I get credit. I want them to do a Loki <laughs> specific like variant affiliation. Uh, just Oops, because all of what, Yeah, all Lokis, right? So like the leadership is you can you know bring all the Lokis, even though they have like have Sylvie and, you know, all the other like alligator Loki and all that. Mm-hmm. So eventually I do want a leader that I do want a Loki that's a leader, but it's only for other Lokis. Oh, Senior Diablo uh, has a great thought as well, is there might be alternate um, options for that Thor head as well. 
I was thinking the same thing, but again, it's, you know, until we get it in our hands, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, case. that's a lot of the majority of what came out uh, today. I'm looking for, we did mass transit, Cerebro, Xavier's dream. We talked about one shots, Mojo ball. Oh yes. Uh, also new terrain for Wakanda and Asgard. Um, I don't, I didn't get this one up on the, um, on the stream to show you, but there is a very clear very distinct uh, part of one of the new Asgard terrain sets that is a large statue that is without a head. Alligator Loki. Did Alligator it again. Loki had going on that. I want to see him send me pictures. When you get this box, I want to see it. Alligator Loki had on that statue. Is it a destroyer? No, but I'll take it. I will 100% take it. Uh, this is the easiest clap of all time. Also, uh, as you saw too in the episode uh, picture today, before AMG went off, they did have one tiny reveal that they that they said, not even said, just showed before they went off, and that was a splash art of Dracula. Dracula now also officially announced for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, that is way out there. I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap, so I encounter Dracula on a regular basis now. But um, outside of Moon Knight memes and the occasional Deadpool was dating a, a vampire queen for a little while. Uh, that was an ex of Dracula, I think, or a sister or both. But limited interactions with Dracula. Uh, and I think usually in those bits with Deadpool, he just referred to all vampires as Draculas. But I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see how he plays out having kind of a, a counter to some of the Midnight Suns and maybe getting some of more of their enemies in uh, MCP, I think would be a, a, a very great thing. Maybe seeing some Morgan Le Fay or Goblin Queen um, and some characters like that would be uh, would be real good. But hey, Tim. Yeah, real quick. Gwenom is one of the best paint jobs I've ever seen. It's really cool to see the the uh, the Venom axe thing. I really hope MJ Carnage is in the game. I think Silver Sable's paint job is really terrible, and whoever did that should probably be ashamed of themselves. Shang Chi's really great, and then uh, the who was the other thing that they revealed that I completely forgot? Oh, oh, the new Spider Foes are lo absolutely amazing looking, and you should definitely be proud of yourself who painted those. Uh, yeah, seriously, whoever real. painted that's Sandman. Right yeah, yep. So, and like they announced uh, at Gen Con uh, or before Gen Con, we are getting the Sinister Six. They showed painted up versions of Vulture, Sandman, uh, Electro, and Shocker. Very excited to see them. We also got painted versions of uh, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, as well as Gwenom. My Ghost Spider, Chuck painted up as Gwenom. He showed me some uh, concept art for it. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yes, please do it. The sculpt for that Gwenom is so good. The hoodie being the mouth of Venom, they've done so well, and it's on a base base. You know what I mean? On the base, there's a base. It, it's right in your face, and uh, it's great. It's so good. Uh, ben Riley Spider-Man also, that, that quintessential blue hoodie with the Spider-Man at like an ankle on it looks stellar. Guys, we're going to be back tomorrow going over more of the stuff that happens from day two of Mini Stravaganza. We are so well past over time, but there is still so much more to talk about. So join us tomorrow, uh, probably around the same time, but we'll put out some posts for it. But we will do another episode of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild uh, covering day two of Mini Stravaganza. There's so much more to go over. 
I hope we have hours to talk about Mojo Ball because it's going to be, and this is official, it's going to be Doper McGopers. Calling it right now. Calling it right now. But I don't think you, I don't think you have the right to say that. But if don't. if you haven't already, please make sure to give us a rating on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to. Drop a comment if you're watching this on YouTube as well or on Twitch. Make sure you follow, you like, add uh, add um, alerts and all that good stuff. Really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much to Xpaxes for the gift subs and the bits tonight. As anyone else that threw their Amazon Prime sub or anything else like that. Guys, we really rely on that, and we really appreciate that. Uh, tons of stuff happening over at ProfessionalCasual.com. We're giving away a core box right now for um, the Earth's Mightiest. Earth's Mightiest core box comes out next month, and we are going to be giving one away. You can sign up for that over at ProfessionalCasual.com slash Mightiest. Mightiest? Earth's Mightiest is where you can sign up for that. It doesn't cost you anything. You can sign up a whole bunch of different ways, and you can sign up and get more entries daily. In addition to that, the Patreon has all sorts of additional content, as well as access to the full Discord. You can join the Discord at its base level for free, um, and you can do that right at the link in the show notes. Guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you to Frontline Gaming uh, and everyone else that has helped put this show together and keeps the network going. Guys, we really appreciate it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Bye. Listen to Arachne Infinity Podcast. Thanks for coming and listening to our end song reveal thing from the new expansion pack. Uh, for real, though, go check out Arachne. The end song reveal is the thing. It's happening. Why don't you go do that? What yeah. You, why aren't you doing that? You won't see uh, Nightcrawler because he doesn't have stealth. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you, on Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder 2nd edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.